Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrim, a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world and the consequences that follow. I am your host and DM, Scott. Hi, my name is Shannon. I play Arnis Gray, or Gray the Great, to my fans. I am a half-elf bard. Hi, my name is Chris. I play Vale the Changeling Rogue, sometimes known as Kara Frostfall or Lord Carver Golddagger III. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the human monk. Thank you for joining us. Please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Book Two, Chapter Two, Fighting Faybrook. In the wake of the Bard's Rebellion, the retired Colonel Faybrook disappeared into the hilly and forested region along the Stone Pass. A large number of the city guard have joined him in waiting to strike once the Royal Army arrives. In your apparent benevolence, you have appointed a number of citizens to act as a city council under Aranus. Seeking Colonel Faybrook to fill the sixth and final seat, Aranus discovered him unwilling to betray the crown. Though he parlayed in good faith, he made it clear he sought your downfall. Vale has witnessed this all safely from the shadows, but Darwin was not so fortunate. He was discovered and disarmed by Conroy, one of Faybrook's loyal sentries. Conroy is examining Darwin's sword alongside a handful of other sentries with the retired Colonel Faybrook. When Aranus returns, singing lute in hand, Gray the Great strikes a chord, denouncing the Colonel with a vicious mockery. Let's roll initiative. Roll that beautiful green finish. Oh, wait, that's a d20, not a d6. I don't know why I'm doing that. Oh, d6 for initiative. Well, I could have done just as bad. Good if I rolled a d6. I'm going to give you a little dice at your head already. Ouchie. <laughs> I should have rolled a d6. I would have done better. Are you sure? Well, I could have done much worse. <laughs> I was going to say, I think the, uh, the guards were very much cut off. Guard, but uh, maybe not, according to what Vale is saying now. I didn't roll great either. Man, guys, really? <laughs> well, regardless of initiative numbers, Gray the Great will get to act first with a vicious mockery. Nice. Then we will go into initiative order. Less nice. Aranus. 18. Vale. 7. Darvin. 9. All right, Arnis, you burst onto the scene with your vicious mockery. Go ahead and, uh... Oh, no, no, sorry. You don't have to roll anything. Where are my manners? Wisdom saving throw. Do you remember what you said? I believe I said, uh, Faberk, you're a snake. I'm here to cut your head off. More appropriately, it really should have been, Faberk, your organization is a snake, and I'm here to cut its head off. But I only thought of that later, so forget it. But you called him a snake. That is true. He fails his saving throw. Yay! He takes some damage. All those dual d4s, baby. He takes some damage and some more damage. Nice. He takes six damage. And he has disadvantage on his next attack. You burst back into his camp and mock Colonel Faberg. He flinches for a moment before pulling a very large sword from his back. Well, considering you're the only one that these five people can see, yeah. Wait, you're not with me? No, No, you're... um, Did you go stealthy? Yep. Oh, yeah. Darwin and Vale are both present. But they are hidden in the trees and the shadows. Cool. I love making myself a target. <laughs> Colonel Faybrook, with his sentries alongside him, raises up this giant sword and points it at you. Listen here, Bard. This is not the time nor the place. I'm giving you one last chance. Get out of here, or we're taking you in. Sweet, let's back out. Except any my sword back first. Oh. Well, sir, I believe you'll have to take me down before you take me in. Okay. 
And he rushes up on you with this big old sword, and he takes a swing with disadvantage. Hey, that's a two and a four, so he totally misses. His arms just move so slowly on the first swing, uh, he pivots and brings it around for a second swing, without disadvantage anymore. Yeah. <sighs> that's another four. Period around that one. That doesn't hit. And he uses his momentum to make a third swing at you. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be excited anytime something doesn't hit. I'm, I'm refusing to be excited and just say no. It doesn't hit. Arnis is dodging, ducking around. You hear the thick sound of the sword as it cuts through the ears. Oof, oof. Brings it down for a third strike. That's a seventeen on the die. That's gonna hit. Mercifully low. Uh, you take 16 slashing damage as he rakes the blade across your shoulder. Alright, Darvin. Mm-hmm. Focus your attacks on the big guy. Alright, alright. You are currently hidden? Yes. You'll have advantage on any attack you make right now. Nice! Colonel Faybrook is right up next to Aranus, and then there are four of his sentries just behind him. Maybe ten Hard feet behind him. And fast. Alright, so I'm going to attack... Okay, Colonel Fabric. You charge in from the shadows. An advantage this time, right? On the first attack, yes. Mm. 24. That's gonna hit. Yes. That would have been so bad. So the first one will be 9 damage. Okay. So now I'm using my extra attack. Ooh, that's a 25. Dang! 8 damage. I'm going okay. to spend a key point to do a flurry. Ooh, that's a crit fail. No, that one's not going to hit. Damn it. That is being punished now. That is a 22. Nice, yeah, that hits. Go ahead and roll that damage. That one will do 8 damage. Okay. More damage to him than he did to me, so... But it was not in one hit. So Darvin explodes from the shadows and just starts wailing on Colonel Fabrook, who is being pushed down and back under the weight of Darvin's blows. But he's not down. He just widens his stance and kind of sets himself in now that he's got two opponents. Vale, it's your turn. Well, since my assassin is completely useless on this turn. Well, he's also giving me advantage, which is what assassinate would do if I didn't give it. Um, but I want to target one of. Also, you're stealth right now, so you have advantage on your first attack. Anyways. How many are on the field right now? Uh, there's Colonel Faybrook and then four guards behind him. Okay, I'm going to target one of the guards. Okay. I hope that maybe I can take one out. With my hand crossbow, that's a 22. That's going to hit. So real quick, of the four that are there, three of them have spears. One of them is holding Darwin's sword. That's my target. Yeah. Okay. Come on, big money. 14. Okay. And then, i use my bonus action to uh, hide in a new location so I can continue my hiding. Okay, roll stealth. 27. You fire a shot from the shadows and quickly dive back down, and thanks to Darwin and Arnis being out there visible, being a visible threat, nobody really has time to turn and figure out where that shot came from. Conroy is hurt. He's got a crossbow bolt in his shoulder, but that's not going to stop him from supporting the retired colonel. He charges forward at Darwin, and he swings at you with your own sword. Ah, oh, that jerk. It's a 14. No, not quite. You're able to quickly jump out of the way. The other three are going to... Wait, no. Two of them are going to come up and try to spear at Darvin from either side of Conroy. Yeah. Hence you're in. Ouch. They rolled a lot better than Conroy did. So that's a 19 and a 20. Yes, those are both hit. Okay. You take five piercing damage. <laughs> Aside from the colonel, most of the city guard who defected and disappeared were just your everyday city guards. Not used to having to deal with threats such as yourselves. Meanwhile, the remaining guard runs off into the shadows. Uh-oh. That that's is bad. That's going to be bad for us later. <laughs> that is bad. I'm just going to mark him off. Here we go. Run off. Because, yes, we've got Gray the Great here, and we've got Darvin, the... Deadly. <laughs> he doesn't have a nickname yet, but they know he was there and helped to kill the Count. Darvin the Doer. 
Darvin the doer? Do we? Oh, oh, things get done when Darvin's around. You wanna You wanna plant your flag in that hill right there? Darvin the doer? Darvin the doomer. That's Ooh. better. Oh. Arnis, it is your turn. The colonel clearly not messing around. I am gonna cast fairy fire. Okay. Go ahead and read that, because I do not remember how that works. Um, each object in a 20-foot cube within range is outlined in a blue, green, or violet light. I pick violet. Thank you. <laughs> you always do. Um, it says your choice. So, mm. Any creature in this area when the spell is cast is also outlined in light if it fails a dexterity saving throw. For the duration, objects and affected creatures shed dim light in a 10-foot radius. Any attack roll against an affected creature or object has advantage if the attacker can see it, which they're casting light, so you can see it, and the affected creature or object can't benefit from being invisible. Not that any of them yeah. are going to try to be invisible. Those are some very sassy parentheticals in that spell card. <laughs> <laughs> you can assume that the bard added the sass. <laughs> Thank you. I want to imagine somewhere on your sheet music you're just like, there's like pianissimo, then there's just like sassimo. <laughs> sassimo. Sasquatch. Or Forte Sasse. There we go. That's Forte, the one. Forte Sasse. I like that. <laughs> yes. That is how I like to play my music. Okay. Which is a touch of tight pants. <laughs> so you cast this spell. Something that I have been remiss with in this combat. Thankfully, it's only been one spell. As you play the music on your lute, you hear that alto voice again singing harmony. Just the notes, none of the words. Creepy loot. And there's a few bags that start glowing on the ground. Probably the backpacks that belong to these guards and the colonel. I need to roll. Wisdom? No, dex. Dex. This is dex, yeah. That is a fail for the colonel. That is a hard success with a crit on Conroy, who's still alive. Damn it. That is a fail for the second guard and, and a success on the third guard. Two. Two out of four. I'll take it. You cast your fairy fire. You are so close to Colonel Favorite, he just can't get out of the way. And it lights him up, and he's glowing with this purple light, as is one of his sentries. And a few birds up in the trees. (laughs) It's every creature. It's a cube. Yeah, it's a cube. (laughs) Those birds quickly fly off into the night sky, and you just see, like, shooting stars (laughs) disappear behind the tree line. For a second, I go, oh, pretty. Oh, focus. <laughs> focus. <laughs> That's so pretty. Focus. 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 It's the colonel's turn. He now has two targets. So he's going to split this up. First, he's going to start with Darvin, who actually came up and punched him a bunch of times. So he's going to swing around with his sword, try to catch you with the blade real close to the hilt. Uh, it's a 15 on the die. I only say this because I know Arnis has cutting words. I do, but I need to not get hit. So, unfortunately for Darwin, I am I'm not, not... I'm not dying yet. I am not going to well, use actually, this on this, him. Well, actually, after this, I might. What's your AC, Darwin? 16. Yeah, that's going to hit. Yeah, it's going to hit. He has a bonus. I figured. So, he catches you real low on the blade, right next to the hilt, right on your upper arm, catches on your skin, and he just yanks it. That's better. Oh, no. That is 21 slashing damage. Because he cuts down deep almost to the bone. Yeah. Now I'm down to 12. Yeah. Then he turns to Arnis, who just lit him up. That's an 11 on the die. 15. Do you think his bonus is 4 or more? Probably. Probably. All right, I'm going to use cutting words. All right, what are your cutting words? So, player-y doesn't want to be too sassy, but I feel like Arnis would say something like, Not today, sucker! <laughs> no, that's... <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that's a thing that he would do. That's great, because Colonel Faybrook is used to the brutality and the formality of combat. And you're throwing that out there, he's just like, what? Him. Just like, what the damn He is not used to people treating combat like it's a game. Like somebody should be telling jokes in the middle of it. He doesn't know me very well. Not very well at all. No, he doesn't. So this just throws him off. Oh, Oh, damn it. What'd you roll? I'm sorry, he's still gonna hit you. So after raking this blade down Darvin's arm... I'm gonna die. 
Guys. Well, I'm gonna die. He flips it and pulls it up along Aranus's leg, right on the thigh. No. Yeah. In my fancy pants. I could technically slink off, but yeah, I don't think they're going to do that. Yep. I'm gonna die. I can tell by the look on his face. And there's nobody to get me back up. Well, there's Darwin. Darwin. We have no potions. healing potions. Okay. He brings this blade up and pulls it across your thigh for 19 damage. Yep, I'm down. Down. And Aranus just passes out. Uh-oh. Which also means that he's not glowing anymore. Yep, my concentration is broken. And the light fades from Colonel Faybrook and the other guard. And he pauses and stares at Darvin. He says, this doesn't have to be the end. You can go. Or Aranus. Or me. Yeah, that too. We can patch him up. He's more useful to us alive than dead. Oh, fuck no. <sighs> what the hell is that going to do? I'm a bard, man. It doesn't have to be your skills. It could just be who you are. Yeah, that's true. You know, self-proclaimed mayor of the city. They could just present you to the royalty when they arrive. Let's start a revolution, Vale said. It'll be fun. <laughs> you know what? Vail this joke not funny anymore. <laughs> You could have easily said, no, that sounds like a horrible idea. Why would I do that? It's going to get me killed. That's or why would you suddenly want to start a revolution, I don't know. The Bard's Rebellion was a ton of fun while it happened. It was. Uh, a far be it for me to be, like, trusting of people. I'm a little bit trusting. You know this. You took a advantage of it. You're a dick. I'm not saying I don't feel bad. <laughs> Anyway, Darwin. Um, can we change the terms? Could I take my friend? No, then he wouldn't. That's no reason for him to do that. Never mind. I'm going to have that. to at least roll a first he, he wants to keep Aranus right now. That is the trade he's offering. At the very least. You can go. We will keep the bard. You should get your sword at the very least. Okay, I'll ask that. How about my sword? Can I have my sword back? Your sword? I'm so- Oh, Conroy. Conroy steps up. He's got your sword in hand. All right, young man, we give you this back. You turn and leave. I'm going to say kind of loudly. I think that sounds reasonable. Waiting for... You get no reply from that. All right, of course, I get no reply. They're pretty sure somebody is out there, but they have no idea where. And right now, they're not the visible threat. All right, fuck it. It's better than us all dying. Yeah. I got your word on that. I nod. Does Darwin truthfully offer his word? He does. Okay. Faybrook takes his sword in one hand and plunges it into the dirt, resting a hand on the hilt, reaches out with his right to shake, to agree to these terms. A shake. You're a surprisingly reasonable man, Darvin. Not reasonable, I just don't want to die. Hey, reason from fear is still reason. Not that we were out to kill you. All right, Conroy, give the man his sword. Conroy's a little hesitant and a little woozy from some blood loss. But he will offer you the sword. I take it. And then I turn around and go. Alright. Conroy's going to turn to Arnus and start tending to Arnus. Uh, and he will stabilize Arnus. Vale, what do you do? I continue to hide and watch Arnus. Okay. Yep, they're making sure Arnus doesn't die as Darvin walks away. Darvin, where are you going? I don't know where Vale is. You know nearby. You probably could not walk straight to Vale, but Vale can certainly see where you're going. That much you can be assured. Okay. In that case, I'm just going to slowly like, head back toward the stone pass. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to double back because I meant what I said, but I don't want to go too far either. So, Vale, are you sticking with Arnis or are you going to Darvin? I'm sticking with Arnis. Okay. Once Colonel Faybrook and Conroy and the others have assured themselves that Arnis will survive, they pick him up and they take him over to a bedroll, put some blankets on him, Put a cool cloth on his head. He'll live, but it's still going to be an unpleasant night for him. As they lay Arnus down, they remove his backpack, his weapons, his loot. Set all those things down next to Arnus. Arnus is not going to be causing any trouble tonight. They don't need to lock these things up. You notice that Colonel Faybrook, the guards, none of them have tents, so to speak, out here. They are very much roughing it, trying to remain hidden. They are reluctant to start another campfire after being discovered, but they're not on the move. Anything you wish to do? 
I'm going to watch them until they all fall asleep. Okay. Roll stealth. Thirteen. Yeah, that's fine. They are more concerned with keeping an eye on Arnis and planning for the next coming days, which you can definitely hear. Colonel Faybrook is speaking with Conroy and the others, and he is discussing... Uh, let's see, what is he saying? Hmm. All right. I got word back from our runners. Royal Army should be here in the next day or so. We don't have to do anything till then. Now that we got this one, motion's over to Arnis. We could probably prevent a whole lot of fighting. If there's nobody to overthrow, there's no need for bloodshed. That's my plan. Is that clear? As he looks around at all of his guards, and they're falling in line. He may be retired, but he still outranks any of them that are present. All right, good. Once that one, as he motions to Arnis, starts showing signs of life again, go ahead and tie his hands. Don't let him near that loot. Keep the legs free. He's going to have to walk. Somebody keep an eye on him, just in case. They all, one by one, go to their bedrolls, leaving a guard watching over Arnis for the night. All right, real quick. Mm-hmm. Darvin, you head back to the Stone Pass. You wait around for a little bit. Vale does not show. What do you do? I'm still just gonna hang out there until I get some kind of until uh-huh. I get some kind of signal or something within earshot. Even fairly close to the Stone Pass, the sounds of the city are distant. You can hear some drunken carousing coming from the west side. You can hear some animals, probably cows mooing. (laughs) No, not cows. There are no farms here. Ah, you can probably hear some donkeys. Braying? Some braying, yes. Some solid braying going on. But it's distant, and you can be fairly certain that any loud noise that might come from the hillside here, down below the stone pass, you'd be able to hear, unless it was real quiet. Probably not going to hear Vale sneaking around, but if there's a commotion, they'll probably know about it. Okay. Cool. All right, All right Vale, what's the plan? So we have the leader, three sleeping guards, and one wake guard with Arnis, correct? They're not all immediately next to Arnis, but those are the ones you were able to watch head back to their bedrolls and uh, get to sleep. What are the odds that if I were to even manage to be able to get an opportunity to try and wake Arnis, I could actually wake Arnis? Okay. You've been traveling with Arnis long enough. You've been living this adventuring life for a few months now. And you know that Arnis didn't just fall asleep. Arnis was knocked out cold. And the odds of waking Arnis up without any sort of uh, healing or stimulant, very, very low. Arnis needs time to recover. Conroy and the others were doing field triage on Arnis. They are not medics, but they do know how to keep somebody from dying. There's a lot of tourniquet action going on. Did the guy who ran off into the forest come back? So as you're observing Colonel Faybrook and all the guards, that guy who ran off went to go tell others. He came running back, told Colonel Faybrook, I told the others, they'll be here quickly. Colonel Faybrook cut him right off. Situation's under control. We got this. You go tell them to stand down. They've not moved. They've settled in. I'm going to sneak back to Darvin. Okay. And I am going to quick. I'm going to tell him he needs to go get more men because they're planning on uniting with the king's army within the next day. We need to deal with this tonight. Um, I'm going to try and see if I can get. No, oh, fuck it. This is what I was going to do. Go get more men. Go heal yourself up. Come back. If I'm dead, attack them. Uh, how soon? Um, now. Okay. How do I heal myself up? Go get help for yourself. You deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing you should do the first thing you should do when you get to the pass is send all of the pass guards down to help me okay can we trust the pass guards they're all our days okay you can trust the city guard the city guard that are still serving the city are largely mercenaries from the tarnished hand right and then just some city guards who didn't care okay. or couldn't afford to care okay I'll do that then all right Let's follow Darwin for a minute here. Where are you going, Darwin? First, I'm going to go to the Stone Pass and right. direct all the guards I can find to go find Bell stealthily without making a ton of noise, but Getting stealthily down. for them, not me. Yeah. Getting down from the Stone Pass to where Vale's currently at, not a problem. We don't have to worry about any stealth rolls or anything like that until it's time to launch an attack. No, I just want to make sure they're not going to be like, hey, Vale, you know. Yeah, you do that. What's next? Then I'm going to find Tarnished Hand members, I guess. And the rest of the city guard. Yeah. They're pretty much one and the same. 
It's later in the evening. The guard presence on the east side is some. Oh, actually, sorry, no. Um, let me take that back. Have you been having the guards patrol the city evenly on both the east and west sides? I would think. Because that was not the case before. Yeah. And you're able to rally some troops from both sides. Nice. Once I've done that, I want to go back to the royal house and see if I can find myself some medical help. Excellent. I'm going to go all the way back there and ask the guards that you encounter first. Does anybody have something that could help me? Uh, yeah, I guess Gar- I could try that. Guards, as a rule, do not keep healing potions on them, on themselves. Mostly because of the fact that how much it costs to pay a guard versus how much a healing potion costs is wildly different. Makes sense. You could hire a guard for a year and not even get to 10% of the cost of a healing potion. Damn. Depending on how well you're paying your guards. You're actually paying your guards a lot more than what most of them make, thanks to the tarnished heads bargaining. I see. But your average guard, 50 gold in a year, they're not seeing that kind of money. Okay. So to outfit every single guard with healing potion, it's a little ridiculous. Uh, That's what medics are for. That's what healers are for. And I need to find a medic and a healer. Okay. You said you were going back towards the royal house. Yes, just because I figured that's where our people are. It's true. It is where the largest concentration of your forces are located. Mm. Let me tell you a little bit about what's been going on in the royal house these past few days. Sam and Sniffins have, of course, been staying with you at the royal house. They've been a little reluctant to use their Tamani form. It... It is a very aggressive appearance, and he's a chill dude. It tends to throw people off. Mm-hmm. Earl Earl, and Ulwan are staying there as well, now that they don't have to stay in that hotel. He's in a large room upstairs right next to the study. He's mostly been keeping to himself. Uh, unless, of course, Liana, the halfling god, is around. She's been spending most of this past week in the company of others. Earl Earl, members of the Tarnished Hand, regular citizens, because... This is a holy week for her. This is the week of Liana. This is the halfling week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as such, she's been holding religious <sighs> services. But these aren't big congregational sermons. She's inviting individuals or small groups of individuals to her to help work out problems. Sometimes those are interpersonal. Sometimes those are you know, mental issues, physical issues. And she's been helping people work through things. You've actually seen a lot of glowing folk around here recently because she's been using her abilities. Mm. And when people do leave her presence, they seem to be in higher spirits, especially the halflings who come. Mostly halflings? No, actually, it's a good mix. There's not a huge halfling population here in the city. Noticeable 10-15% of the population in the city. Okay. But once they found out that it really was Liana, their god, any devout halflings showed up. Right. And then there's, of course, the royal house staff. Who do you want to go talk to? How hard is it to get an audience with Liana? Very easy. Hmm. She's not a private, exclusive person. I'm going to talk to Liana. On the off chance, she can help with my, uh, you know, being almost dead. Okay. As you head to the room where Liana has set herself up, you open the door, and she is sitting on the floor, on a pillow. And in front of her is Earl Earl. His hands are in hers, and he's just glowing. Literally glowing with her light. You've seen this before. Uh, and he's kind of just going all in on it. Like, he's super interested in this, and he likes the experience. It makes him feel better about a lot of stuff. So he's been seeing her often. She notices you come in. And she's, just a moment, please. She finishes up with Earl Earl. Let's go of his hands. And the glow stays on him for, for a few moments before it just subsides and fizzles down. Turns to see you with a huge grin on his face. Darvin! Oh, it's a wonderful evening. I'm having the best of times here. Thank you for bringing me. I couldn't imagine a better vacation. <laughs> and he gives you a quick hug. Ah. He lets go and he's got both of his hands on your shoulders. Looks at you in the eyes. There's a very slight jostle. Like, mm, yes, this is good stuff. Uh, before he turns and starts to head out the room, leaving you alone with Liana. I'm glad he's happy, I guess. And she doesn't get up. Instead, she raises an arm, extends her hand out, and motions towards the pillow in front of her. Right. Please, Darwin, come sit down. I sit down. 
What can I do for you? I understand this is your week. And first, let me say, happy week. And she looks at you, waiting for you to finish that statement. It's okay, Darwin. I understand you're not familiar with my ways. I don't hold it against you. Thank you for the sentiment, though. I understand also you've been helping people with some problems, and I'm yes. in a bit of a bind right now. I was wondering if you could help. Afraid it was worth a shot. Yes. Would you like to tell me, or would you like to show me? And she extends her hands out to you. Palms up. I will show you. And you lay your hands in hers. Liana's glow washes into you and out of you. So tell me what Darvin is thinking right now. What does Darvin want? Darvin wants help rescuing Arnas. Mm, he also feels a little bit bad about, you know, maybe sort of breaking his word, depending on what exactly his word was and how this is all going to play out. You definitely get the sense that she's understanding these thoughts, and you can hear her voice in your head. Tell me, Darvin, what would you have me do? Help me mount a rescue. Also, you know, if you could restore that 28 or whatever missing help, that'd be cool. <laughs> Don't forget to ask to be healed. 26 missing health. I, I almost brought that up, but I was willing to let you <laughs> hang yourself here. <laughs> and as this experience deepens, you can see an image of her in your head and of yourself made of this same light that's emanating from you. And you stand face-to-face in this open plane of light. Well, Darvin, I can see that you care for your friend a great deal. And you're worried that you're not in a position to help him. First, your injuries. And this light form of Liana reaches out to your arm where you were cut and places a hand on it. Your arm flares up right there. And then you see it flare up on her arm in the same spot as your wound closes up. And it opens up on her. Nice. And she winces in pain a little bit. (sighs) Well, that should handle that part. But I'm not one to go fighting other people's battles. And that doesn't mean I'm not willing to support you. Do you intend on saving him yourself? No. I'm going to rally some help. I will probably be part of it, but not alone. What does God do to help you out here? Um, oh, yes. I can feel you're conflicted, Darvin. Your word or your friend. Right. Why would you make such a promise if you still worried about him? Because it was that or die. It was that or all of us die. I mean. Well, it sounds less of a promise and more of giving in to a threat. And a promise made under duress... I don't view that as a solid promise. Hmm. That's true. If my word means anything to you. It does. I can't go into this battle for you. Of course. But I am willing to help you. What is your biggest fear about retrieving your friend? Well, besides the word-breaking part, those dudes are scary. You're worried they're going to scare you. (laughs) You'll be frightened. No, 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 no. I'm worried... You're going to kill me again. And Arnis. And Bill. And you want protection from that? Yeah, that would help. Roll persuasion. Uh-oh. Thirteen. Okay, Darwin. Bring me three willing companions. And I can protect you and your two friends. Okay. Like new willing companions, eh? Yeah. Can I go find some... Tarnished high-end slash guard members. Sure. Is there anything else you want from Liana? No, I think that's... I think I've gotten the most I could have hoped for. Okay. Uh, She lets go of your hands, and you feel the connection break as the light slowly fades back into you. She smiles at you. Bring them to me before you leave, and I'll help protect you. I will. Thank you. Okay. Is my health fully or... Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, Liana restored your health. I wasn't sure. I've never had a god restore my health before. She can do that kind of stuff. She's cool. I like her. Tell me about these three people you bring to Liana. Oh. You don't have to convince them. You're Darvin. I mean, you're one of the three people in charge of the city right now. If you tell people to do something, they will 
probably do it. Honestly, I'm probably going to find the first three Tarnished Hand members I can find. Okay. You rush down the halls and find the first three mercenaries you can. Excuse me here. These guys need names. I would have sent one of them after Cashmerol. Yeah, I was half thinking that. You can find him if you want. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll have one get Cash. Okay. Because that dude hits hard. That's true. And so we need does. somebody that hits hard. He does, but last time kind of... Well. You also need somebody who can carry me. Oh, yeah. Because remember, I'm like all deaded. That's true. Okay. So Cashmerol is definitely one of them. You're able to send for him. You don't care who the other two are? No. Okay. You find another Tarnished Hand member named Munslow? Munslow. He's a scraggly dude, but certainly capable. And Ingrid. She is young and just has the most angry eyes you've ever seen. <laughs> and you escort all three of them back to Liana. And she looks at you and looks at the three of them. Okay, Darvin. Which one is for you? What? Which one of these people will I bond to you? Ah. Uh, hmm. That one? As you point to... <laughs> Um, the closest one to me. <laughs> He's like, I have no idea what is being asked of me right now. You can ask her what the heck she means by that. Yeah, I can ask her what she means. <laughs> you, can, you can ask the question, what? Okay, wait, 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 sorry. What do you mean bond? I can protect you, Aranus, and Vale by bonding you to someone else. Which means that they die instead of you. Would be my assumption. But I'm not there, so ignore me. It's, it's close. Uh... And their strength... And their vitality will support your own. Hmm. Now, who? Um, one of the eyes. Ingrid. Yeah. And she reaches out both of her hands. One for you and one for Ingrid. Ingrid will take her hand. Do you take Leona's oh. hand as well? Yes. Sorry. Yes. And you feel an instant link to Ingrid. You can feel her energy in your head. And you know that she can feel yours. And right now she's a little confused, but also just amped up. Liana will hold out her hands separately for Kashmiral and Munslow. And as she does so, they each glow a little bit before it condenses down to right on their chest, where it just has a very slight dim pulse. You get them to your friends, and they will help them. Okay, I will. Okay. Thank you. And the, the four of you leave. Okay. What's next? I think I'm good. I'm going to head back to the Stone Pass. All right. You all head back down to the Stone Pass. Climb down. Reconvene with Vale. I wasn't waiting. Okay. Let me rewind a second. <laughs> Darvin, you, Kaj, Maral, Munslow, Ingrid, all head off to the Stone Pass. Climb down to the side of it where you had left Vale. Vale. Yes. <laughs> where did you go? I went back to the camp. Did you bring any of those other guards with you? I told them that they were to stay until they heard the sounds of violence and then come running. Okay. So, Darvin, you find a number of guards down here. Who will let you know that Vale went off? Back to the camp, right? Yeah, yeah. Back to where Arnis is at. Okay. Not run off, ran away. Ran ahead. Then I will take them with me to the camp, but we're still going to like hang back try and spot Vale first. If all goes well, you won't be able to see me. Oh, yeah, that's true, huh? <laughs> this is so good. Dude, I'm, like, so passed out for this whole thing. Sorry, I just wanted to say something, because I haven't said anything in a while. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a good thing Arnest doesn't talk in his sleep. How do you know? Vale, you are within eyesight of where Arnest is resting. A guard is watching over him. Right. What are you doing? Is the husband of the woman who I interacted with in town... I believe his name was Venerous Brightblade? That sounds about right. Upon a quick inspection, you don't see him. Cool. He may be out here in the woods somewhere, but he's not in the immediate vicinity. Okay. I'm going to shift into his wife. Oh, you look like Lilia then. Yes. Lilia Brightblade. Yes. Wonderful. And now, I want to attempt to sneak up to the guard watching over Arnis and murder that bitch. Okay. Vale is going to play to Mm -hmm. her strengths and do what Vale would do. This is super good for Vale. Like, one-on-one... Sorry, one-on-many in the darkness. You shift into Lilia Brightblade's form. And you attempt to sneak up on this guard. So go ahead and roll stealth. Okay. This is the first step. It's an 11. Uh, That's an 11. And this guard... How wise is he? Does not notice you approaching. Thank God. And using my hidden blade... 
I'm going to attempt to kill him. Okay. If you've got any of those special fancy... Your assassinate, your sneak attack, they're all there. It's a 16 to hit. Where do you stab him? Yes. I'm going straight in the gut. Just like hand behind the back, covering the mouth into the gut. Mm. All right. This is a quick and fluid motion. Roll that damage. I'm sure this is a... Oh, that's a lot of dice. 34 damage. have murdered you right then. But instead, this young guard is punctured by Vale's blade and quickly bleeds out and he lands in a slump dead. Alright, there's one. Nobody else appears to be awake around you. I know I don't have the physical strength to be able to carry Arnis out, so I want to stealth to the next guard who's asleep and repeat the process. Alright, these guards that are asleep if you can successfully stealth up to these guards, you will kill them because they are asleep, and it's not like you have a chance of missing. Okay, card one. It's a 15 on the die, plus yeah. nine. There goes another guard. Okay. How many of them are there, not including the captain? Two more in this immediate vicinity. Card two. 18 total. You slink up to this sleeping gentleman and puncture him right between the ribs. His eyes don't even open. He just fades away. Okay, guard three. And you come up to Conroy. That's 19 in the die. Dang it, I wanted Conroy to live. <laughs> Those dreams are gone now. Assuming you want him dead. Oh yeah, no, he did. He did. Conroy's life is extinguished. Okay, I'm going to pick up Darwin's sword. Darwin already had his sword. Oh, you already had his sword. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I just called out Conroy because he had a name. Yeah, yeah. Good, I've dealt with all of them. Oh, I know I can't do this stealthily. So it's do I start the fight with the captain and hope that y'all come in and help me? Or do I try to sneak up dragging Arnis in through the dirt and hope I don't wake up the captain? Vale's not going to try and carry a body stealthily, so I'm going up with the captain. Okay, uh, you will not be able to insta-kill the captain. I figured as much. Just wanted to make that perfectly clear. Roll stealth. Rolling stealth. I know the plan to try and fight him one-on-one, though. Thirteen. I'm going to preface by saying it's not successful. Um, Colonel Fabro has been a soldier for a very long time. He has been out on assignment many, many times in his past. He has learned to sleep with a very light touch. Sound in a military camp is usually bad in the middle of the night. And as you're approaching him, there's a slight snap of a twig. Even you barely hear it, but it wakes him. He sits up real quick and takes a look around. He hasn't spotted you yet, but he is on the lookout. What do you do? This is the plan. I want to sneak back into the tree line. Okay, you disappear back into the tree line. Cool. Not going to make you roll for that. All right. And I launch my attack from there then with a, ha- okay. with a hand crossbow bolt. He gets up, grabs his sword. and So I launch my attack from the tree line, just inside right. the tree line. Are you not waiting for Darvin and the reinforcements? I'm not, because I know right. the cue is for them to join with the sign of combat, because I don't want them... I want to maintain this advantage that I believe okay. I have. So, what's the status of this role? <sighs> He's awake. He knows... Well, he doesn't know you're out there. He knows something made noise, and he's on the lookout. Roll stealth to see if you have advantage on this shot. 16. Yes. Just barely... But yes. It's a 17 to hit. And your crossbow bolt sails through the air. Hits with a clang off of his armor. And he turns in your general direction. I'd like to use the bonus action on this turn to fight again. You quickly dive back into the bushes. That's a 12. And as you crouch down under the bushes, you see him scanning the area. And his eyes just stop. And lock in on your location. You don't know if he can see you exactly, but he knows exactly where that shot came from. Like, on the other side of that shrub, there's somebody. He can't see you. I want Darwin and them to show up soon, but, uh... Alright, Darwin. It's you, Kazmaral, Munslow, Ingrid, and half a dozen other guards. Members of the Tarnished Hand. You're heading back down towards where you know Arnis is probably being kept. How fast are you all moving? Mm, quickly. Keeping in mind, the faster you go, the louder you are. Right, that's the thing. Reasonably 
Not that fast. <laughs> Stealth over speed, but speed over to get... Caution? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I'm very aware that you might be in the thick of it, and I don't want to get there too late. I will give you a few options. You can run, and everybody will definitely hear you coming. <laughs> and you will be there very quickly. Not doing that. You could slow down and go extremely stealthily. Nobody will know you're coming, but you might have to wait a couple of rounds to get there. Or you could just walk and let the dice decide what happens. Hmm. I'll go stealthy. Okay. You are leading everybody as quietly as they can. You can't hear combat yet, but you did hear the sound of a bolt on armor. It's not all-out combat, but something has happened. Okay. And everybody is advancing cautiously. Let's roll initiative. Vale. 14. Darvin. 9. It's going to take you a little bit to get there quietly. Right. So, Vale. Colonel Faybrook is steadily advancing on your current location. What do you do? Gonna fire another crossbow bolt at this sucker. You do not have advantage. That is a crit. Nice. Jeez. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. I don't have advantage and I don't have an ally close to him, all I'm gonna get is two D6s out of that. Hey. Um, it's better than no D6s. That's true. I'm not complaining about that. I'm just stating the fact. What are it said? Ooh, that could be worse. 15 damage. Not bad. Not bad at all. You Take that one. Kick it right there. And then... Ooh, uh, you are lucky. I'm going to use my uh, <laughs> cutting action to move down and hide in the location. Alright, roll me a stealth. 28. Colonel Faber rushes to your previous location, sword in hand, and takes a swipe right through the brush, chopping it in half and just... He looks around. <sighs> and he calls out alerting some of the other guards who are... Well, the ones nearest to him are not waking up. <laughs> For a very good reason. They cannot. <laughs> but there are probably some farther off who have heard his call and are rushing to arms. And you can hear that commotion. Darvin, you and the rest of the Tarnished Hand can also hear that commotion. You know that it will not just be Vale and the Colonel that you will be meeting on the field of battle. That's good to know. Uh, Vale, what would you like to do? Uh, I get advantage on this one because I'm attacking from stealth. Yes, you do. Sweet. Then I'm going to crossbow bolt him again. Oh, crap on a cracker. It's not a double crit, though. No, it's not. You don't need to break a (laughs) leg. That's a 15 again. Colonel Faberk knows somebody is out there. He's hunched low to the ground, and at every tiny little sound, he's quickly ducking and putting the blade in front of his face. And just at the last moment, the bolt comes flying and ting! He misses. Cat and mouse game going, and I'm going to use my bonus action to hide in the location again. Okay. Uh, it's a 19. All right. He's heading towards your general direction again, and once more slices through the brush to find nobody there. He's getting perturbed. (laughs) And he calls out again for his allies, thinking, Somebody should have been here by now. Somebody's attacking! Get here now! And you can hear the sound of hop, 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 getting closer. It's at this point, Darvin, that Kashmiral stops. Says, I can see him up there. What do we do? I guess we can just go for it. Charge! Really great no, in Darwin. I guess we could just go for it. <laughs> well, I'm like torn between stealthing and just going for it, and I also kind of want them to handle it for me so I don't have to break my word, but then I realize it's going to be more than us and him, and I don't care breaking my word to the other people. Alright, I guess at this point, Vale's in it. We'll just go. Okay. And Vale, you see a large group of the tarnished hand guards burst onto the scene. They cannot all make it to Colonel Faybrook, just because bodies would be in the way. But uh Moral is not one for holding back. He's going to rush in and make his presence known. He's going to swing hard with that hammer and catch the colonel in the side. Colonel Faybrook slides a good ten feet after getting hit with this hammer, and there's a visible dent in the side of his breastplate where Kashmiral hit him. There are now a large group of allies out there with him. Uh, Vale, what do you do? Vale's going to try and help their allies. Correct me if I'm wrong. According to my notes, I still have a load of poison 
in my dagger. You certainly do. That poison you crafted is still in your dagger. I'm going to go ahead and use that on him right now. So you're rushing into the fray. Yep. Awesome. With uh, advantage because I'm coming from stealth, I'm assuming. Uh, Yeah. So one and a two. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Podcast art created by Vanessa Blockland. You can find more of her art on Facebook or at vanessablockland.com. Blockland spelled B-L-O-K-L-A-N-D. Podcast music by Daryl Dibber Reconos. You can find more of his music at dibber.mo or at soundcloud.com slash dibbermusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Website design by Patrick Dunkerley over at dunkdesigns.com. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.com. This week's chapter is made possible thanks to our wonderful cast and crew, all of you amazing listeners, and our special friends who would like to say hello. It is a dark and stormy night, the wind lashing down and you're facing against your greatest challenge yet. A player who's gone in the wrong direction. We've all been there, you've got our story planned out, and this player heads off in the wrong direction and you've got nothing to fill that gap. Well, my name is Rob and I've started a podcast to help you. The podcast is called Lawmasters. And each week, I bring you something for your game. It could be a hook, it could be an object, it could be a person, it could be a city. It could be a whole story arc. If you're a dungeon master and you want some inspiration, please check us out wherever you find podcasts. And remember, you're not alone.